everyone, and welcome to another episode of the New Life Podcast. I am your host, Margie Connor, and I'm the New Life Coach. Um, we have a very special episode today. We have a longtime friend of mine joining us, someone who is a completely different person than when her and I um, were in contact. Um, this is Amy Hamby. Say Hi, Amy. Margie. Thanks so much for having <laughs> me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited you're here. So the reason Amy is here is because, so we worked in a restaurant together, um, maybe like four years ago, I guess, three years ago. And yeah. over the last three years, I've watched her kind of simultaneously go through the same healing journey. And really, you can just see that she is living her highest truth right now. And I want to get her story. What do you think about that, Amy? That's awesome. I just have to say, though, you say we worked at a restaurant together. Let's like give that restaurant a name because that restaurant really made us a lot of who we are today. <laughs> that um, is very true. <laughs> yes. We worked at Park in Rittenhouse, Philadelphia. And I'll never forget Margie going up to you and say, telling you that you were about to serve Bruce Willis. Do you remember that? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> and, it was like a, and you were like, I think 20 at the time. And I'm like, you're about to serve Bruce Willis. And you, your response was, Who's that? I'm like, you're the perfect person <laughs> to serve him <laughs> because everybody else, like, it was just so innocent and you were like the perfect person to serve him because anybody else would have been freaking out. You're like, okay, no problem. Bruce Willis, here I come. Yeah. That was honestly one of the, just to, as a funny story, that was one of the weirdest waiting, like serving experiences I've ever had. Cause I like, he just kept repeating my name. And I kind of was like, look, dude, you have 45 minutes to say my name. You better finish it up quick. <laughs> kind of right, right. Yeah, so yeah, that is funny. <laughs> anyway, um, but so Amy and I had kind of, we, I feel like you and I have always connected on a really sweet level, mm-hmm. despite our, despite our craziness, even back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so I kind of, I, I do want to start the episode with just giving um, the listeners a little bit about you as far as like your astrology and human design side. And I don't know how much you've ever had of your astrology and human design read, but let me give you the basics and then kind of just like a basic breakdown and see how it feels okay. to you. So from a human design perspective, Amy is a manifesting generator. So just so you know, Amy, a manifesting generator is... You have so much energy and so much drive and you have the ability to have multiple outlets to express your creativity. Like manifesting generators are here to create all that they can light themselves up and then just be a true like generator of joy and energy for other people through all of their extensive interests. So I don't know if if that um, stands true for you. And then So you're a manifesting generator with gut. So you have sacral intuition. So that means that all of your guidance in the world comes from your gut. And when something is right for you, you're going to feel it deep within inside yourself from like a gut place. It's not going to be in your heart. It's not going to be in your mind. You're just going to know that something is exactly the way it needs to be. Mm -hmm. And so the last part that I want to get to is your line profile. So you're a six, two. And so sixes are, um, Sixes are really interesting because they're the last line of the human design profile. And so basically what they do is they take all of the karma from all the lines below them and they bring that wisdom out into the world for other people to have access to. And so you're generally somebody who can kind of give your outlook to everyone. Like you have a way of seeing everyone's life 
and understanding a little bit of where they came from mm. and being able to connect that. And then the second line, you're a two. And so you have this amazing ability with natural interests. Like you probably were super skilled at things when you were young and you didn't understand why, but you've just always been really good at things and people see you that way. The interesting about having a two in your second line is that you can, people in the world can often think that you think you're better than other, like better than other people. And that's sort of the misunderstanding when really it's just that you have this innate wisdom and you want to wait to be, you want to wait for the world to see your genius kind of thing. And does that, does that resonate with you? Yeah, I love that. I do. I really, I lo- everything you say definitely resonates. It, it's funny though, because with the number two, how you bring up that when I was younger, I had all these talents. Or I was really good at things growing up and I didn't understand why it kind of happened later in life, which is mm. still okay. It totally makes sense. Um, and being misunderstood for thinking that I'm better than others when really it's and it's all connected, like the generator and everything like that. The lines. I love it. It's beautiful. I totally resonate with that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And so this your human design, that was kind of the first thing of like this, this misunderstood sort of um, idea that you're bringing into the world that like people don't understand you or you have all this stuff to give and people don't understand how to receive it. And then when I looked at your astrology, I was like, oh my gosh, this is her this is her truth. Like you came into this world, not being understood because you were such a deep feeler that it took you all of this time and this beautiful journey of the soul, which you're going to share with us to get to a place where you under, you understand that you can never be understood because your depth of emotion and intensity is so deep that only those who are ready to receive you will, they, and they will come right to you. Um, will be able to handle the depth of what you're able to give. Makes total sense. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just well, I'm, I'm sitting okay. here shaking my head like you can see me. I'm like, oh my god, yes, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when I saw, I was like, oh my gosh, I want to hear the story of basically how you got to the place where you know that some people are just going to misunderstand you, and those who do understand you are gaining such wisdom and clarity from that. Right. Okay. Um. All right. So let's see. Um, I know when we talked last time, we were talking about um, doing this episode, I was telling you about kind of like my journey now and not getting too much into anything and too much of the past because, you know, the past served a purpose, but it totally brought me to where I am now. Um, And, you know, for me, I can go into my childhood and my teenage years and everything and really it all just kind of comes full circle. I'm 30, about to be 37 years old. And some of the things um, that came back to me full circle, one is from having a child, a beautiful daughter who's 13 years old. So I'm living simultaneously through her and healing that age of me each year that she grows. And that's like a beautiful Mm. thing. So seventh grade wasn't like awesome for me. Um, So, you know, I kind of healed my seventh grade wounds while she was in seventh grade, but while still raising her um, and being the mother that I needed to be at some points I'd be in the house. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's two 12 year olds in this house right now. It's her and I like who's raising us. And I'm like, oh my God, no, I have to return to mom mode. Um, Mm. And it was a lot, it was a lot, but it was, it was the most beautiful gift that I could have been given and to be in tune with that 
um, and be so self-aware was a gift that um, I'm very thankful for. So um, my healing journey didn't start um, because, you know, of Olivia, my daughter being in middle school, it happened. Um, you know, I have, um, I am, um, I, substance abuse is in my history, um, m mostly alcohol, um, as a numbing and enhancing factor. I was, you know, both, I was numbing things and I was enhancing things. Um, and also a huge part of the industry that we had worked in. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I am thankful for all those times that brought me into this healing process. And I remember um, when, I, when we were working at that restaurant, one of our managers, Nicole Nicholson, if you're listening, you told me about a book um, or something we all heard of, but told me to read it was The Secret. And that was because another um, coworker that we worked with read it and all his dreams and aspirations came true, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And, you know, I decided to read it. Actually, I listened to it on the audiobook every day that I would drive into the city and I would listen to it. And it was, it was just, it was, that was the beginning of the process for me. And it was planted the seed of, I have control over my mind, but I don't have control over what's going to happen, but I have control over my emotions and how I'm going to react to things. And it didn't happen overnight. I mean, this, when I started to be, realize that it became a work in progress and, um, I enjoy it, but I have to tell you, I enjoy it now because in the beginning it was dark, it was ugly, it was scary, it was painful, and it was really, really lonely um, mm. because healing is is not fun in the beginning. It becomes fun when you realize how powerful you are through your healing journey. And um, so... I guess really what started it for me was um, yoga. You know, I, I knew I was this creative force. I just didn't know, you know, how to do it and how to do it unapologetically. So mm. once I started doing yoga, um, yoga held me in a container to be able to be that creative force. It was able to turn off my mind, go inward and just, you know, take a step back. Um, and yoga allowed a spiritual connection through me. Um, I was able to channel through yoga. I didn't know it. You know, I just went, I, I'll never forget. I did yoga years ago. And then I went into my first Bikram class. Um, and I remember thinking like, what the hell did I sign up for? It was so hot. It was over <laughs> degrees. It was so humid. All of, I, I wanted to cry because of the heat, but something about it was like, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. And um, it really became like, you know, vessel, like vessel, a vessel for inspiration through me, you know? Um, so that way I was able to, I was so vulnerable in yoga. I would cry I mean, ask some of my first yoga teachers, I would cry, I would lay in Savasana, like the second half of class, because I was just zoned out, totally in like a spiritual, like, just a reflection. And then it just got deeper and deeper from there. And, Wait, can I pause um, you for one second? Yes. So as you're laying in Savasana, like, just give me a, an example of like, what you were experiencing and feeling and what, like, what was kind of going through your head or what was playing out for you? So actually I have a, almost a recent Shavasana that was beautiful and I was laying in almost a, a fetal position, not curled up or anything, but I was in a fetal like child uh, on the side fetal position. And I, 
because I was in such a hot state of mind, my, I was almost like rocking back and forth and I had just laid there and it felt like I was just kind of bopping in the ocean, almost like a buoy, you know? Mm. And I felt so lost at sea, like a little child, like, is anyone going to come save me? And then I remembered that I could swim and it was like this really weird, but beautiful spiritual uh, analogy to what was going on in my mind and in my, I, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, but absolutely. I, I felt like I was like, is anyone going to come? And I'm like, Oh my God, no, you can swim. Um, and then my favorite Shavasana was, and this is for like a whole nother episode is my spirit guide, my beautiful Nana comes to me. She comes to me in Shavasana at the right time. She hasn't come in a while, but I also haven't called on her. Um, I feel like anybody that was a part of my healing process has um is not there with me right in this moment if that makes sense I'm kind mm-hmm. of like all right I'm not at the tail end because I don't think there's an ending to the healing process yeah, it never ends right yeah. it, it, it doesn't but at this moment at this stepping block I'm by myself because mm. if I can't do it by myself then I can't help others and that's my goal in life is to be able to help others through a healing process mm. that's so beautiful yeah. And I I really think that's, I think that the reason that we have to go through all this is because it is only for service. You know, it's like, it's not actually that we need to learn these crazy lessons. Of course we do. We need to learn and grow on our own journey, but the greatest thing we can ever do is learn to help others. And so Mm -hmm. if we don't experience it, you can't experience empathy. Like if you hadn't actually gone through it, how would you be able to understand where other people are? Right. Or just being able to have just a broad, a broad range of perspectives, like, you know, just to be able to live through a different perspective of each person. I have so many examples of that. And I have so many little, little and big mentors along the way. And mind you, like my healing isn't because, you know, I went through a terrible breakup or I, um, you know, my, my healing was my character defects my program, like my, my core beliefs that didn't really serve me a purpose anymore that needed to shed away uh, my automatic thoughts, like, you know, all those things that I like my cognitive biases that I like thought I had to stand by, which was just fear based, you know, mm. I had to like release the fear and, and those, those blockages and I had to get out of my own way, but you know, I, everything was fearful and controlling and rigid and you know, I thought, no, not, I'm not, not me. I don't judge anybody, but like, I was not living that. I was not living that truth. So my healing was like trying to be the best version of myself. And then through that realizing, Hey, I have like this magical power because if if you're, and I said this to my friend, Jenna, if you're lucky and she, like, we finished each other's sentence. If you're lucky enough to go through this terrible (laughs) healing (laughs) journey you are one of the chosen ones and it's beautiful Mm. and messy and loving and crazy and there's lots of tears like you know I did inner child work I did shadow work um and all just by accident you know because other you just once you started um it kind of just takes off And you can think you're in a healing journey if you read all the books, listen to all the podcasts, but if you're not doing the work, you're not repairing what needs to be stopped. If you don't repair it, it will repeat. And the way to repair it is to look it in the mirror 
and figure out your triggers, figure out why you do this repetition compulsion with things and figure out it's not serving me any purpose. And I keep doing the same things, attracting the same people, reacting the same way and the same results. And I'm not happy. Mm. So I need to change not everything overnight, but just one thing at a time, which circles back to the secret was like, okay, positive thoughts over negative thoughts. So that's where it all started. And then it really started to get to like the nitty gritty. Um, And then mind you, I'm in school for my master's degree in social work. And then I really just started to geek out on like clinical psychology and like all the different psychologists that I was learning and the different theories and modalities um, I just loved and, you know, study as I'm studying school on my own. Um, A huge one that I love is internal family systems that I learned from Gabby Bernstein. Um, Just all of our parts and, you know, I won't get into that because it's layers and that's a whole (laughs) other episode in itself. But if anybody was interested, IFS by Richard Schwartz is fantastic um, for your healing journey. Um, And yeah, and I could go on and on about books and all that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I also feel like when when you're in on the other side, it's like so beautiful. And so you understand why it's worth it, that you just want to get everyone else to get on board. But you know, you have to kind of accept that people are at their own pace. And when it's their time, it's their time. Um, Yeah. And sometimes they don't get the time and that's okay too. We have to learn to accept them wherever they are, whether they heal or they don't heal. And that's hard too. We don't have to bring them along with us, but we can accept that they didn't get, that they they decide not to heal. Yeah. And it's a choice. That's always such a poignant thing for me is realizing that healing is a choice. You know, yeah, there are opportunities, like the universe has this compassion, just like you said, it repeats scenarios for us over and over and over again, until finally we wake up. But unless we're willing to look at ourselves and see that we're repeating this pattern or see this, then we're not, we're not, we're not making the choice to transcend into that healing place. Right, right. Yeah. And and there's something's got to click within you. Um, And I was remembering today when I was thinking about when we're going to record this, I was trying to think like exactly pinpoint when my healing journey started. And it was always there. It was just waiting for me to arrive. Mm. And I was I'll never forget I was visiting my dad one summer. And I've never been out to Colorado, I decided to go out. And I just decided to just talk to him. He wasn't really part of my childhood. But you know, he was never completely absent, but you know, whatever. I went out and saw him. I I was in my late twenties and um, maybe early. Yeah. Late twenties anyway. And he gave me this book and it was the road less traveled. I think it was the road less traveled by Scott M. Peck. And it was like, I don't know what made him give me the book. And I was like, Oh my God, like I don't even, I didn't realize you were into this kind of stuff. And I don't know. I just started to do some thinking and I just realized that something had to change in the linear life timeline of women in my, in my family. I realized Mm. that my grandmother had a child at the same age as my mother and my mother as her grandmother and so on. And then I hear I was uh, again doing the same thing. I was pregnant and became a single mom, just like my mother, which there's nothing wrong with. My mother is incredible. She was a fantastic single mother of twins. Um, but I was doing the same thing and I didn't want my daughter to have to go through that and struggle. So I had to create a new pathology for the women in my family for my daughter. Wow. And yeah. 
so I, I, there's like a, a subject that I kind of want to pivot onto and you're already pivoting there. And, yeah. you know, it's we, so when we heal, we heal for generations. It's not just like we do this work for ourselves. We have no idea of the impact. Like we heal our grandparents, we heal our mothers, we heal our partners, we heal our children. And it's like by taking this courageous step and feeling all of this pain and letting it, like we're releasing it, we're feeling it for everyone around us. Mm -hmm. Um, But also you're bringing up an amazing point that, you know, you can look at all of the books and, you know, read all the parenting things and try to be the best parent you can. But unless you actually heal yourself, there's no way for you to, there's no way that you can actually translate that into your child understanding that that is how they're supposed to live. Right. Because they'll mimic everything. I can tell her till I'm blue in the face how to do something or how to live or how to do something right. But they'll mimic what they say um, subconsciously. And we don't know any better as children growing up. So how has your like relationship with Olivia changed? Of course, you know, you say you heal through her, but how has her relationship to you changed and your relationship to her changed through your own healing? Um, so I guess it's kind of happened subconsciously and with full awareness. Um, you know, I, I, one of my biggest things was I want I want Olivia to be a teenager with all of her craziness of what the body goes through as a 13 year old girl and allow her to be and validate her and allow her to have her emotions and her feelings and all of that, but be respectful. And that's okay if you don't want to talk. That's okay if you're just plain out miserable for the day. That's okay if you had a fight with your friends. And you know what that has done? That has allowed my daughter to come to me with everything and anything and create this unbreakable bond that we mm-hmm. really have for one another that allows me to be completely human with her. So instead of, you know, I, I, I am under a lot of stress, but instead of just being living under a lot of stress all the time, we allow ourselves space and she's not an adult. She doesn't know exactly, but I am able to go to her and say, Hey, Olivia, had a really rough day. I'm going to go and do some yoga. I'm going to come back, whatever. Or if we snap on each other, we both know to apologize and it teaches her in the future what to accept and not not to accept in a romantic relationship because this is where the attachment styles and all that begin you know um Mm -hmm. so we live a very healthy lifestyle together of being open me my job for her is that she's she's a child so i'm teaching her different ways of having a healthy relationship she's allowed to mess up and make mistakes and and so am i but She's the child, I am the adult, and that's what I want her to be as a child as long as possible. <laughs> You're like, if I can keep her as a seven year old, I have, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I want her to just live a normal life. Life is crazy right now, and and being 13 and you know, going through a pandemic and going through like you know, she's in eighth grade, and it's just a lot. And right now, it's And also I do a crazy amount also. So I'm a full-time student at Rutgers getting my master's in social work. I work full-time. I do an internship. I teach yoga. I practice yoga. You know, I cook dinner. I take Olivia to where she needs to get. And I I do it effortlessly most of the time until I have, you know, we all have our breakdowns, but it's all a part of it. It's all a part of the journey and being a single mom and healing 
at the same time. And it's just a matter of juggling. So if anybody ever says, you know, I'm too busy to heal or too busy to do the work, there's no such thing. You live your life as you heal. And um, some of the best healing that happens is in a relationship. You know, I think, you know, everybody thinks they have to heal and be, or they're, they're not done healing, so they can't be in a relationship. Um, and I personally think that you can get more healing done in a relationship than by yourself. Um, it's not to say that you're going to marry the person that you're in that relationship with, but it is to say that they can totally help you without even realizing it because they'll bring your shadows to the forefront. They'll bring your triggers mm -hmm. to the forefront and they'll bring what, you know, your, your automatic beliefs and, you know, your insecurities. And if you get to do that, that's also a beautiful part. And I was, I was capable of, of having a relationship through my healing journey and I'm very, very thankful for it. And now the relationship that I focus on through my healing journey is the one with my daughter. Mm -hmm. I think you make a really beautiful point there because a lot of times, you know, you read books and it's like, oh, you have to do this all by yourself. You know, it's all about the journey inwardly. And that is true. It is a journey inside of yourself, but I totally agree without, you know, our partners, like a partner is a perfect mirror for mm -hmm. you and to be able to look at yourself and be like, oh, wow, that's the kind of person I'm attracting. Or, you know, those are everything that we experience is just an outward reflection of our inner world. And so, right. we, you know, we want to be like, oh, this is what's wrong with you, 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 when really, if we just looked at everything in that relationship that wasn't working and put it inside and asked ourselves what wasn't working inside, then either we would move on from the relationship because we knew that our, we were worth more than what it was able to offer us, mm. or we would see that it was perfect and we could do the work and everything would be <laughs> amazing. You right, know? right, right. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, like one of my really close friends always says to me when, you know, we always think that, you know, we're and everything is kind of like a boomerang. It always kind of comes back, you know, the universe or God or your higher self or whatever you believe in kind of brings things back your way to say like, Hey, are you still going to do this? Like, <laughs> or is new Amy going to do this? And sometimes old Amy kicks into gear and then I don't realize I'm like, Oh shit, you know, I got to go and I got to fix this, but that's the self-awareness that kicks in. And that's okay. Cause healing is never linear ever, ever, ever. It's literally just a wave. You got to ride it. And one of my uh, close friends, Michelle used to say to me like, Oh, what you didn't give them the script because it was something, if someone didn't say what I wanted them to say, or things didn't go my way. And I realizing, Oh, oh no, I'm still trying to control, or I'm still trying to play God, or, you know, I'm still mm -hmm. trying to manipulate the situation. So you're right. I didn't give them the script and they're not supposed to have the script and I'm supposed to go with the flow. And, um, in my last relationship, I was really able to learn how to be interdependent. You know, um, I used to get in these relationships and just like dig my claws in to be like, okay, you're not going anywhere. You know, this is a great match. I love you. You love me, blah, blah, blah. Um, and that was, that was years ago, probably like six, seven years ago. That's how I was. And then I didn't date for the longest time. Um, my therapist said, don't date while you're getting your undergrad. And I listened to her. And then I graduated with my undergrad in, in COVID. And I was like, off to the races. I'm dating. I have to meet someone. And I did. And I met, you know, I, I had some nice relationships that taught me a lot. But you know what the most beautiful thing out of all of those relationships is? When they no longer served me, I walked away and never looked back. Mm. Um, so walking away from relationships no longer that no longer served me, one, um, taught, taught my daughter a lot, you know, we don't, we don't 
hold our power in a relationship with a significant other. You know, we hold our own power. So if it's no longer serving us, there's no, no need to make something work unless there's like, you know, 10 years and a family and a house and a business together. But, you know, um, people come into our lives to serve their purposes and, you know, for reasons or seasons, and then that's it. And that's okay. Um, it's time to move on. And I never really dwelled in that. Um, but it's just a beautiful journey for myself and for my daughter to see, so she can see what we do, we do and do not accept. And then, um, you know, I, I think, I don't know if I said this already, but I, I said I wasn't going to date my last year of grad school. And here I am. I'm not, I'm not dating because um, I don't have the time <laughs> and I'm very busy. And it's not, like I said in, earlier, my healing journey right now, this stepping stone is for me to be on my own a little bit. And I, I think I told you when we talked or I was telling someone recently, I had a really boring summer. And when I say boring, <laughs> I worked, I did a lot of yoga. I walked every day. Um, I, I, I really, I just, and boring is good. Boring is beautiful and boring is quiet and calm and peaceful and allows you to just be and not have to have like be on the go, go, go. I was always on the go. So um, it was nice to just kind of be calm because in my whole entire life, I found um, calmness in chaos and chaos and calmness. So I thrive in chaos so I thought and I had to retrain mm -hmm. myself and rewire my brain into peacefulness boredom and calmness is good and yeah. that in itself is a beautiful thing um and that when you're when you're when you're coming from a place of calmness and peacefulness you're able to come from a place of love and you're able to see those different pers perspectives of other people um you know, when we see something that someone's doing that we don't necessarily like, you just need to kind of put a spin on it and change your perspective of like, maybe that person's doing that because of their own insecurities. And that's not for me to be mad at, you know? Um, and if that's a trigger, let's write down that trigger and figure it out. But not everything has to be a therapeutic moment or an aha moment. <laughs> just something to kind of like put in your back pocket and realize like, oh, now I remember the last four times I saw that person, they really like got me going. Why did that person get you going? And it's not really anything they did. It's something that you need to work on. Yeah. Um, so, and sometimes the thing you yeah. need to work on is, you know, taking the initiative for conversation. That's something that's really hard for me is like a lot of times the thing that you need to work on is the ability to have confrontation or to stand up for yourself or set boundaries or remove people yes. from your life. It's not always like, oh, I need to fall to what this person wants me to do, you know, which is, I think is where our first instinct goes is like, how do I become subservient to this person when right. really how do we, how do please them. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like, how do we yeah. please them? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's that we actually have to rise to what our intuitive voice is actually calling for us to do. And mm -hmm. you make a beautiful point that I think people who have been raised in pain, which I think is like almost the entire population, someone has had some kind of trauma at some point in their life. The way that we distract ourselves from feeling is by never stopping moving. That's why we're so yes. busy and we do so much and we distract ourselves all the time. Mm -hmm. Because when you actually sit, you're not you able feel. to. Yeah, there we go, Amy. Yes, you oh my God, you snaps. You, yeah, you, you feel your feelings and they're really fucking uncomfortable. Excuse my language, but they are. It's, you know, and that was my biggest problem. You can ask anybody that was a part of my journey. I hated being alone. I mean, like alone in my own house. 
And I'll, I'll never forget, I was driving to yoga one day. All I had was an apple. I barely had any water. Like I was dehydrated, but I just had to go to yoga. So I wasn't alone with my thoughts. And I started crying halfway there. And I was like, no, you need, and like my car just drove itself home. Like go the hell home and be with yourself. And, you know, and I did, and I cried and it was great and it was fantastic. But like, you know, the point of what I'm trying to say is yes, being sitting and feeling and being in quietness and stillness is really hard for someone that can't be alone with their thoughts. And that's, I, I went through so much anxiety and panic attacks um, to the point where, you know, I would, I, I never forget taking the train into the city and I had a panic attack on the train. And I said to a stranger, I'm like, you need to talk to me. I'm in the middle of a panic attack. And she was so sweet. She goes, what's your name? What do you do in the city? Like, she just mm-hmm. got my mind off of it. And, um, you know, I'll never forget that. So I have so much empathy for people that go through anxiety because it's one of the most painful things that you really go through that some people just don't understand. Um, which led me to want to get into the field of, of therapy and become a therapist. And someone mm. asked me, you just want to sit and listen to someone's problems all day, all different. I said, yes, I, I can't, <laughs> I can't wait. I want to listen to everyone's problems, not take them on as my own and guide them and meet them where they're at. I'm not going to lecture them. I'm not going to, I'm just going to guide them and meet them where they are. And, um, you know, that's in the future, but I, I, I feel as though I was brought onto this earth to help other people. So that, can I ask you a question that I feel like some people don't have an answer. And if you don't have an answer, that's totally fine. Do you, so you're a spiritual person. What do you call your higher power or the thing that's bigger than you? Do you relate to it as your highest self? God, what to you is the guiding force in your light? In your so life? it's okay. I love that question because not everybody believes in God, and not everybody knows what their higher power, or higher self is. I, I, I am. I believe in all of them. So mm. you know, I for the longest time I was. Um, I I grew up Jewish. I did not you know get on my hands and knees and pray pray when growing up or anything like that. Um, and I. God was introduced into my life about four years ago and I started to pray to God and then I started to pray to the universe and then I started to pray to both because I thought Mm -hmm. they had different, they had different instincts and they had different realities. Like God, I called on in the middle of an anxiety attack of like, deliver me from evil. Please release me of these thoughts, replace my fear with faith. Like God, I need you now. And it was instant. And that's what I like about the God praying factor. The universe is like, Hey, like I see you're trying to teach me a lesson. Could you like maybe take it and like reintroduce it to me and, and show me and reinterpret it and allow me to learn from it. And then there's my higher self where it's my inner child is really my higher self in my, in my mind. Cause I will talk to my inner child when I'm, and I am having anxiety, you know, when there's calmness going on, my inner child's doing backflips. Like what is going on? Where are we? Where are we? Why is it so quiet? Why is your heart not palpitating? Mm. And I have to tell my inner child, we're safe. We're good. We're okay. And you can go play, you can go lay down, but you know, or sometimes we're a team and we got this, we're going to go through a couple hiccups, but we're going to be okay because I'm going to keep you safe. And I did this beautiful experiment that um, a therapist had showed me a long time ago, or exercise, I should say, it's an endeavor, actually, it's fantastic and lovely and beautiful, but you close your eyes and you go into meditation and you take the hand of your inner child and you show them how far you've come. 
and you show mm-hmm. your inner child, look, you can trust me. Like I got this. And it brought me to tears and I, cr- I cried and, you know, my inner child cried like, Oh my God, we did make it. It's okay. It's, and I'm, you know, I'm reparenting myself. And, you know, people think, why do I have to reparent myself? My parents were fine or my parents did this. It's just reparent, reparenting our, you know, our structural beliefs that no longer serve us. Because mm-hmm. sometimes we're stuck at 13. Sometimes we're stuck at seven or 20 or 16 and we don't know how to get out of it. So we have to live through it again, circling back to reliving my childhood through my daughter's like, she has no idea that, you know, I, yeah, thanks Olivia, because I'm being able to heal, but it's, it's really something that if you're able to do, it's really fantastic. Yeah. That's so beautiful. I appreciate mm-hmm. you sharing so much. And like I said, I, so I've been watching you and I got this feeling and I was like, I just want somebody on the podcast who it's like their growth is palpable. And I was, mm-hmm. I, I take my like self-care is I take a bath and I just quiet my mind. And that's kind of like my, that's my time to connect. And right. so I was just scrolling on Instagram, kind of having this mm-hmm. thought. And all of a sudden this beautiful video of you doing yoga popped up. And mm-hmm. I was like, so for me, like my, I follow um, a master named Mayor Baba. And I was like, okay, Baba, I get it. You want <laughs> her to know. So the yeah. universe, you know, whatever higher power, it's like, there was something that wanted you to know that your growth was visible mm. and that your growth, it was like impacting other people and inspiring other people. Cause it really is like what you've done with your life. I can, I don't, I haven't even really been in contact with you, but I can just see like you're glowing, you're living your truth. And that's also really intimidating for a lot of people, which I'm sure we could have a whole other podcast on the people you lose along the journey. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And I appreciate that, Margie. You know, it's, I don't, we, when, when we heal, we don't do it for anybody but ourselves, but we're doing a service to other people by healing. And we don't even realize it because like you said, other people heal when you heal. Yeah. 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 It's really nice. And, you know, I, and some people ask me, a lot of people ask me, um, how did you start healing or what did you, and you know, I just started reading books. I did. I started reading the books. Um, like I started with the four agreements and then I went on to, um, you know, the untethered soul by Michael Singer. Another Michael Singer was um, the, the surrender experiment and all those books just kept planting little seeds and then they grew. And then my friend Jenna introduced me to Marianne Williamson, um, a return to love, which is so such a freaking awesome book. And Gabby Bernstein, she's awesome, but they're just listening. And, but like I said, you can read all the books and listen to all the podcasts, but what are you, how are you applying it to your life? How are you, you know, that's my biggest thing. You can read, you can listen, but what are you doing to, you know, someone else also told me, whatever you used to do, do the complete opposite. And that, will, <laughs> <laughs> that will help you stop and think before you make a choice. And I loved that advice. Something so simple, but so extreme. Yeah. So, so I have one last question for you. Mm-hmm. So what would you say if you're going to talk to God, the universe, whatever your name is, what is your divine prayer for humanity? A divine prayer for humanity. I guess my divine prayer for humanity is for divine is for everyone to find their truest self mm-hmm. and you know that's you know that's a really big prayer for you know 
not everyone is cap it's like again not everyone's capable but for every you know just everyone to be able to yeah find their truest self because it's really really beautiful and to find your truest self is to better yourself so a divine prayer for humanity where would be for all all human beings to be able to better and heal and find themselves wow that's so beautiful I mean, everything, I'm just like blown away by everything you've just said. I'm so excited for other people to hear, hear your podcast. Um, yeah, this is great. I'm excited. So if anybody wanted to reach out to you, where would they find you? How can they get a hold of you? Do you not want anyone to get a hold of you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, of course. I have like, you know, I, I have a never ending, uh, you know, power. As you said, I'm a generator. But um I uh, I'm on Instagram. Um, I think it's underscore Amy Lynn H. I teach yoga at Hot Flow Studios in Voorhees. Um, a little shameless plug. Great, awesome studio there. <laughs> um, and then you know I'm you know I'm on social media really just through Instagram. Um, and I I love uh, anybody that wants to reach out or ask me any questions or just follow me and watch my journey. Oh, perfect. And anyone who is listening to this through my platform, I will tag Amy and everything. So you guys can find her if you ever have questions for her. Well, Amy, thank you so much. This has been so awesome. Yes. Thank you, Margie. I appreciate it. It was an Mm -hmm. honor. We'll talk soon. Okay. All right, honey. Bye. All right. Bye.